It's a new day, and this is me, Katrina, and this is Bungee Jumping for the Soul podcast, episode number six, and I'm calling this The Circle of Love. And the first focus about love that I want to bring in, and of course, always, I'm, refer- I'm referring to soul love, not personality, obsessed, crazy, <laughs> sexual attraction love. Yes, that's an aspect of the sharing of our love, for sure. But right now we're going to look at love from different aspects. And the first very thoughtful idea that came through Rumi, R-U-M-I, and he says, step out of the circle of time. Step into the circle of love. Rumi. I love that. I don't have to figure out why things attract me at soul level. But it resonated in my heart. And you know, there's a lot of sites and platforms on TV and, you know, celebrities doing spirituality on all different levels. And it's wonderful that there's all aspects of spirituality in many different forms and media, books coming forward when I first came through in the early 90s, mid-90s, to do this work publicly and be of service as a psychic, and I call myself a psychic life coach at this point. Uh, There was just Louise Hay, there was just a few pioneers, Ram Dass, others. So now it's full power, and that's wonderful. But at the same time, it's important to remember that we're looking at the authenticity of the energy in any book, in any speaker, in any celebrity. You know, what do you feel resonates in your heart? And if it does, the person, the platform, the media connection, the books, the workshops, go for it. I'm looking at my heart today. Yesterday I went through challenges of belief and trust. Uh, For me to truly love as a soul, it's important that I am aware that it requires for me, Katrina, to trust. To trust that I can reach out and open, keep my heart open and share with an open heart with you, with others, in my books, in my talkings, clients, readings, workshops, whatever, here in the podcast. And it's about a heart connection. You know, what does my soul heart feel and believe in and trust? And for me, my master teachers, the higher sources of divine information, to channel through my my own personal master teachers. It's been huge for me to be open-hearted and trust. Trust in the moment. Trust in the relationship, whatever aspect of a relationship it may be. Trust in the work. Trust in the guidance. Trust in the divine inspirations and impressions I receive and keep on receiving. Trust in the heart-soul connection. 
I speak often of the Course in Miracles, not because it's better than any other path, because as I said earlier, I am not ever supporting dogma or one path of higher wisdom better than the other. My read is whatever resonates in your heart and soul and it works for you, fabulous. So for me right now, I'm very aware of my heart chakra and keeping it in that pink, beautiful light open. And be aware that to really be on the spiritual higher path of healing, because everything starts within our own selves and then we connect it to others, to our work, to our love, to our mothers, our fathers, our husbands, our lovers, our work colleagues. Everything must eventually trickle down to the heart. And when I just mentioned before, the Course of Miracles, one path, one that I worked with quite a bit, talks about you take it from your head, the knowledge, the information, the applications, and it's about bringing it down through your other chakra energy systems into connected and grounded in your heart chakra. And there you radiate out that divine soul love that you're aware and connected to as much as you can be and send it out. Many days I wake up and I wonder, you know, what is the service? What are my divine assignments today? And the answer time sometimes seems to be a little bit simple, simplistic, too much maybe for me as a, in my human self. And it's like Katrina in my meditations in the morning, they say, you just go out there and love, loving my own soul self and honoring me. And let us funnel that divine source channel out of you, your vehicle, your energy centers, to whoever you meet. Sometimes it's in a reading. Sometimes it's in a media project. Sometimes it's working on my second book of Don't Let Me Drift Too Far, book number two. Uh, it doesn't matter what the form is. What's really most important, they, I am impressed by my teachers in meditation often, is the unconditional love I'm allowing myself to expand through my heart chakra, starting with that with myself, that love, and then out to others in any situation. And so, for me, you know, I call it bungee jumping for the soul, and the reason why is that in my life, and Fred, my life partner, most recent years with me, has witnessed me, sometimes I get at that edge place, the preposis point. It's almost like in ballet, ballet when you see the pirouette, you know, that very finely tuned space between the ballet shoe and the ground, you know, to balance the whole body. And so I've come to edge points in my life many times where the next step I felt I would be going out into the dark abyss, the negativity, death, fear. And just at that last moment, 
just when I was at that moment of my time and space in my challenge, feeling I was losing it, going to lose it, going to fall off completely, suicide, death, whatever, some amazing impression of love from my divine source, whether it was a connecting person that stepped in to time travel with me from the darkness and help me come out into the light, or just with myself where, now, you know, I had a car accident when I was 21, and it was purposeful. I was living in a very dark space of unloving myself. And I purposely picked a lover who was brilliant, crazy, New York writer, TV guy, and older. And I wanted not to be in my body anymore, even though that wasn't a thought running every day, but in my inner soul place. And he brought me on a ride, a journey that put me into a tree. While I left where we were, and he had been drinking a lot, and I drank, but he was drinking a lot, I knew not to get in the car. But at the same time, in my split second thought next was, why not end it now? End the pain, end the dark and the unlovingness of myself, and the desperation, and the life to me, even at 21, then it seemed meaningless to keep living. So I jumped into the car. But as my lover started the car to move, it was winter, it was Christmas time, a few days before Christmas, um, he put on the foot to the pedal on these icy back roads outside of Philadelphia area where he had family we were going to visit. And we had visited, that's where he had been drinking a lot and got in the car. And boom, we are flying down the icy back, dark lit, barely lit roads at a very high speed. And then almost instantly in this realization that I was getting what I asked for, which was, you know, death, <laughs> bye-bye time. And I didn't want to do that now. So I said to him, please slow down and let me out. Well, he turned to me and he said, now is a good time as any. Really? Hello? And he accelerated further, would not let me out of the car, no matter how much I was asking him. And the next thing I know, boom, we're in a tree. Crashed the car down the embankment into the tree. And, of course, we hit the tree on the right, my side, the passenger side. I go into the tree. He doesn't get touched at all. No accident, quote-unquote. No accident, in quote. There are no accidents. I got what I asked for. And now I'm in a tree, and I don't know if I'm alive or dead because I'm in this huge impact crash at big speed into a tree. And as I sort of time travel with my eyes closed, not knowing what 
where or what I am or not anymore. I see the light in a tunnel, as you have all heard many of you about when you leave your body to pass on out of body into this thing called death, but you don't die, you just pass on to another body, non-body dimension of spirit, of soul. And in that tunnel, it really was like this choice. And I was like, no, I don't want to go back. No doubt. I don't want to go back. And, of course, the energy you've read about, many of you, for me, it was very, the deepest peace I had ever known since I was born. And a sense of beauty and peace, although I didn't see much in my inner third eye, inner soul chakra. I didn't see anything per se, but I could feel this huge energy light. I could That I could see through my inner vision. And there and then, I heard maybe angels, maybe what you want to call my spirit guides, saying, no, it's not time, you've got to go back. And again, I was not happy with this idea and this conversation in my inner mind with my spirit guides, the masters. And um, we said, okay. All right. And they said, you've got to go back to learn. Learn to live as a soul, meaning with soul love. You know, They didn't go into a big explanation, but that was the sense. And I said, all right. And next thing I knew, there was the ambulance. I didn't feel any pain. They pulled me out of this, on the side of the car, huge crash crunch that I was in. They got me out. I found myself at Christmas Eve or whatever it was. Well, yeah, just or the night. Of, yeah, Christmas Eve the day before. Right there in time. In a hospital somewhere, you know, in Philadelphia, who knows, on a stretcher. It's in the middle of the night, and of course I have my favorite jeans on, you know, that I absolutely adore. And... I'm just focusing on being upset on the stretcher, going to somewhere in the hospital for examination or photographing me or whatever, and waiting for that on the stretcher. And I'm thinking, I'm really mostly upset that my jeans are ripped, destroyed. Think about it. Kind of crazy ideas going on for me. The other part was at that time I was wearing contact lenses and... I knew there was blood on my face or something. Maybe some little piece of glass. I wasn't sure. That was it. That's all I cared about. My jeans and getting my eyes worked out. And, of course, at the same moment, I was not too happy that I was still... I wasn't happy at all that I was back in my body and there on the stretcher. And so we fast forward, and I had a choice with the really great doctors that I could be in a cast and stay there in this Philadelphia area, whatever the hospital was, I have no idea, and have a year poured into a cast and not move, or I, uh, that's plan A, plan B, I can have an operation, which always, even at my young age, was uh, a challenge for infection in my body, etc. So I said, I'll think about it, and when the doctor came back, I said, look, you know, Besides this crash of 
what's happening with my femur. Just totally cut, you know, I it was totally messed up my femur, you know. Clean break, but it was broken. Um, I will become a really even more crazy person if I'm left in this bed for a year, <laughs> knowing no one out of New York City, my home, etc. So he came back. He was a great guy. I don't know his name at all. But he said, I have a really colleague that I went in my medical school with who's very, very well set up and very well uh, talented super talented in New York City. I contacted him, and he's agreed to take you on as a patient. And I said, okay, let's go. Next thing I know, they they roll me out of the stretcher the next day. My family comes, because I was supposed to be down in Maryland for this family Christmas thing. Oh, my mother, father, everybody's freaking out. And at the, I'm getting great drugs and feeling great. So I'm feeling better than I ever felt for a, day, for a long time. And quick... Fast forward, go to New York, up to New York in an ambulance by myself. Uh, my brother uh, had an apartment on 75th Street on the west side of New York City, Manhattan. They carried me in a body cast with a rod between my legs and a hole in the back for the toilet of me. Out and up the stairs like a mummy. You know, they're taking me up through the rod, and <laughs> I'm just poured in a cast from the ankle to the bottom collarbone and into his house. He was, like, devastatingly looking at me, upset, you know. It was pretty wild to see me in that condition. But And I was told that after New Year's, you know, after the holidays, because it was the whole Christmas, New Year's, after that we'd have an operation, but right, right this moment. And I was happy with that, being back in New York, being very well taken care of by my brother, and waiting for the operation. Somehow they got a picture of my x-rays from Pennsylvania, and they looked at it, and they saw things were starting, had already started to move in the femur area. Not good. You could be a cripple. I get a phone call unless we looked at everything, and unless you get the operation right away, it's very dangerous for you to be healed and really walk without being like a semi-cripple. I said, okay. Next thing I know, boom. I was not happy because I was looking forward to staying where I was and having some kind of New Year's, some kind of little good time, and sharing with my brother and friends. And um, off into the hospital, plopped into the operating room, some great drugs to take me out, and the leg was done. And I healed beautifully, and there's many other things that happened. But that end point, that edge place brought me to where I had to go as a soul. I needed the crash. I needed the accident. This is all at soul level, not that I was consciously thinking these thoughts, of course. But I was wise enough to know that I was not a victim that I had chosen to get in that car, hearing loudly from my inner sense, intuition, voice of soul, not to go in that car and not to go with him. And I was a thousand percent convinced once he started the car and put the foot to the pedal, and I knew that I was now in the race that I asked for to death, but I had changed my mind. So what I 
wanted to share with you on this part of my soul journey is that edge place of where you either leave your body or you stay in. And you have to make that decision if you are in the dark night of the soul at extreme levels, which I was. And I'm not any better than anyone because I chose to have this spiritual journey. It's what I I decided before I put on my body, what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn my soul lessons. I picked my mother. I picked my father. I picked my brothers. I picked my lovers, my friends, my work, New York City, Manhattan, the high life, the global European travel, beauty, sex, and rock and roll, and, and party, party. I, I did it all. And so there's no regrets, you know, like Edith Piaf. No regrets. Just honor myself and love, Katrina, that I bungee jumped out of that place and didn't go over the edge and didn't allow myself to stay in that death wish and made up these other love of soul choices. So back to the beginning of this sharing, you know, the circle of love, and it's also, I would call it, encounters of love and of another kind. But it goes back, 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 to like Rumi said, you step out of the circle of time, and you step into the circle of love. This is the circle of self-love beginning and then out into my relationships with others and my life and the work I did in movies, acting, writing, and through near to more near-death experiences, at least one more anyhow, um, made a choice, a choice of love, soul love, for me with Katrina. And then after that process was made into place through therapy, etc., and self-healing quest to come out. And, you know, I was born psychically developed, not better than anyone. It's just how it is. And I heard, you have to take now a new course. And that course is about sharing soul healing, soul love that you Katrina, have experienced and now help others to come on board on their soul journeys. So that's why I'm here. And yes, I am a psychic life coach and I do have private clients sessions that I offer and you can find out more about that if you want to message or contact me. I offer for first time connecting souls you know, some time with me, 15, 20 minutes, so you get a sense of the work I do as a psychic life coach. But we're not here to sell anything. We're here to love and heal and serve others. And it is not a money business. It's a soul sharing. And we all have platforms of work and are sustained through our work.
So mine isn't any different. <laughs> it's just another type of work. And finally, to say to you, where I am right this minute as I'm sharing with you is this incredible beach water house I'm in. We don't own it. We're renting it. Fred, my life partner, and me. And the water, the clear waters, heal me, purify me, balance me, uh, intuitively connect me to the highest sources of life, light, love and light and the divine impressions. And so I'm just a spiritual vehicle. And I open myself to receive the divine sources of energy from my master teachers and the teachers and the divine spiritual force of unconditional love, bring it down through and out into my divine assignments, work, writing, speaking, clients sharing. And so this is the Circle of Love episode from Bungee Jumping This Ode, the podcast. And I am Katrina Fortuna, a psychic life coach. And I am open-hearted, focused at this moment in time and space. And I share the love of soul where there is no time and space. It's eternal as we live eternally on when we shed our bodies. And I bless you. Om Shanti Shanti. Om Peace, Peace, Peace. Victory to the light. Jai, see your side guru, Maharaj. Jai, victory to life. See you soon. Ciao. Love, Katrina.